Hey there, Church Photographer Nation. Rob here. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host. Producer Connor and I are taking a couple weeks off to recuperate from the Christmas season to enjoy some time with our families and prepare some incredible new content for you to enjoy in the new year. But we didn't want to leave you high and dry with nothing to listen to, so we dug deep down in the vault to bring you a couple of our most popular episodes from 2019. This week, we throw back to one of our very earliest episodes where we cover the essential systems that you need to lead a church photography team. I hope you enjoy. Today on the podcast, you know it, I know it, one of the most challenging parts of leading a volunteer photography team is recruiting and onboarding volunteers. So we're going to break down everything that it takes to find talented photographers in your church, and more importantly, how to get them onto your team. Uh, But first, I'm Rob Lauder. I'm Connor Strickland. And And this this is the the Church Church Photographers Photographers Podcast. All right, big topic to cover on today's show, recruiting and onboarding volunteers. You know, this topic is fresh on my mind, Connor, because I just recruited a new member to our team yesterday. You sure did, and it was actually me, in fact. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> Thanks for volunteering. <laughs> I, I'm not sure, so sure it was volunteering, more um, as being kind of voluntold that you, I was going to be on the, the you team. You do have a point there. Uh, <laughs> Well, today uh, we're going to talk about how to recruit actual volunteers to your team, and we're going to talk about uh, what you can do to get them up to speed after you've recruited them and get them trained up. But first, we need to talk a little bit about our friends over at Floral. All right, let's talk about photo management. Every photography team needs a place to store and share their photos. And when I first started my team at Summit, we tried everything. We tried Dropbox. We tried Google Drive. We looked into galleries like Smug Mug and Pixie Set, but they all had something missing and just something didn't work quite right. That's why we started using Fluoro Photos. Fluoro is a central place for growing photography teams to upload, tag, and share their photos. Uh, with Fluoro Photos, you can put an end to rogue Dropbox links. You can grow your photography team beyond just yourself, and you can make it easy to upload, tag, and search your entire photo library. Our entire photography team can upload their photos directly to Fluoro Photos. They can tag them by location, event, ministry, topic. And when it comes to finding those photos, our entire staff team can search Fluoro Photos and instantly find the photos that they need. For a limited time, Fluoro Photos is offering a free church photography guide to church photographers, podcast listeners. Inside that guide, you'll get a church photography checklist for all the must-have shots for any church event. You'll get camera recommendations that won't break the bank, and you'll find examples of moments that you can capture in your service and so much more. So you can get your copy of this great guide from Fluoro Photos by visiting churchphotoguide.com. Again, that's churchphotoguide.com. Com, churchphotoguide.com to get your copy from our friends at Flora Photos. All right, let's talk volunteers, uh, specifically where to find them. Uh, I want to say up front that you're probably going to have a much larger pool of volunteers if you are serving at a larger church. Um, But like I mentioned in our last episode, I helped pastor a church of 20 families or so, and we had three volunteers. So they are out there. Um, If you are at a larger church, this is obviously going to be a lot easier. Uh, But in some ways, it's actually going to be harder as well, as we'll explore. Um, At Summit, I grew our photo team from a team of two uh, to a team of 25 in just two weeks, leading up to Easter. So we hustled. We got it done. 
done. And now five months later, we just hit 40 photographers on our roster. Booming. Um, so that is going really, really well. Um, there are two things that you need to know, though, in order to get people on your team. You need to do passive recruiting, and you need to know how to do active recruiting. Yep. So when I say passive recruiting, that means like creating on-ramps for people to find you. Uh, things like making sure that your photography position is listed on your serve page. That's like, you know, if you have any on-ramps for serving in general, such as at our church, we do a starting point event that's designed to get you connected to serving that is presented as an option there. Absolutely. Uh, do that due diligence up front and make sure that you're, um, you've got everything in order to, um, you know, when people come looking for a volunteer position that they can find you and that they know this is an opportunity for me. Cause I mean, man, there are people out there with DSLRs who have yeah. some skill, some more than others, <laughs> uh, which we'll talk about <laughs> as well. Um, but they are itching to serve exactly. uh, at your church and, a lot of times we'll get a, a, a request come in through our serve form uh, for photography. Like, hey, I didn't even know this existed. Yeah. Um, and they're so excited to have a way to serve yep. with their gifts. And I think a lot of people will find out that people in the church want to serve. They want to be connected. They vol- want to volunteer. But they might not always be the people that are going to come up to you and just ask, hey, what can I do? So yeah. like you said, having that, that kind of passive way for them to find out is huge. Yeah, I mean, under passive recruiting, uh, you tell you a story about something that just happened a couple weeks ago at, during our VBS. Um, there was a, uh, a like middle school age volunteer that was working with with the kids, um, and I was just going around from classroom to classroom, taking some photos, and she's like, uh, she expressed some interest in the camera that I was carrying around, wow. um, and so she started asking questions about it, and I started, and it's like, well, you know, I shoot with a Nikon D seven fifty. This is a you know Tamron seventy to two hundred and two eight. She's like, oh, well, hey, I just recently got a camera and um, like, I, I love to take photos. I'm like, all right, well, I'll tell you what you need to do. <laughs> Go to summitchurch.com slash serve and fill out an interest form and come shoot with us. <laughs> and she was really excited. She never did and fill out the form, though. So um, Still a work in progress. Still a work in progress. <laughs> uh, but that's, I mean, that's passive recruiting right yep. there, too. It's like you know, people uh, all the time when I'm shooting, uh, you know, after service or during a break, they'll, um, they'll see my camera gear and they'll ask about it. Yeah. Um, and that's them indicating to me that they have an interest in photography. And Absolutely. It can, it can start a conversation Easily. as well. Um, that kind of transitions into our, the second thing that you need to know how to do to recruit for your team, and that's to recruit actively. Yep. Um, so at some point, um, you know, you're only going to get so many people filling out serve requests yep. for your for your ministry. Um, active recruiting is making that regular practice of personally reaching out and either inviting people onto the team or asking people who might know potential volunteers to pass along referrals. So one thing that we do all the time is is we reach out. So yep. if I if I know somebody's a photographer, maybe uh, in conjunction with our social media manager, she sees that somebody who follows us at our church, like hey, they're following from a photography business account. Yep. That gives us the opportunity to say, hey, let's reach out and say, hey, I noticed you take photos. You want to come do it for the church as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Um, and that has, uh, like like I mentioned earlier, um, people are enthusiastic to hear that there's a place for them to serve in an area that's passionate for them. Yep. Cause a lot of times like there's, you know, there's so many ministries at our church that are actively recruiting volunteers and like, you know, our, our kids ministry always needs help. Our first impressions uh, team always needs help. 
you know, our greeters always need help. Everybody mm-hmm. always needs help. That's the nature of the church. Yep. And a lot of folks like, like, like me, when I first started serving at our church, did so begrudgingly, like, yeah, I'll stand here and open a door. That's not really what That's I'm passionate style. about. Yeah, exactly. You know, some people love to sit there at the door and shake hands and smile. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm behind the camera behind for a, camera. a reason. Exactly. <laughs> and so, um, you know, there's, there's people who like, hey, this is this is my area of gifting. This is my area of passion. Like, I'm so glad <laughs> that you asked yeah. if I can serve in this capacity. Yeah. And so we've got a lot of folks uh, on our team who we've approached directly. Yeah. And one thing we touched on in last episode is talking about how do you prevent burnout? And like you said, if they, if they are volunteering in a place that they are passionate about, there's a less likely chance that they're going to get burned out because they're loving what they're doing rather than like you said, like if you had to stand up there all four or five services and shake hands and smile by that final service, you might be like, "Mm, I don't know. Like this isn't for me. Right. Let me go go retire to the couch and take a nap (laughs) because I'm exhausted of people. Exactly. Exactly. However, if that was flipped and you were doing photography, you could be like, Oh sweet. I got one more service. I get to go shoot. Yeah. And I mean, the, the danger is also there of you're so passionate about it that you'll shoot so much. Exactly. That you get and then you out. get burned out. Yeah. We've, we've had a couple of volunteers do that as well. But, <laughs> uh, but that comes down to team leadership, which exactly. we're going to talk about uh, in a different episode. Yep. And uh, being able to uh, to really know your, your volunteers, know their capacity, and then coach them and encourage them on how to engage with your ministry. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was uh, talking about reaching out and that's been uh, pretty successful for us. Another active recruiting method that's been pretty successful for us has been asking for referrals. So, uh, you know, we are a multi-site church. We have 10 campuses and some of our campuses are overrepresented with photographers mm-hmm. some have one photographer or no photographers yeah. at the, that specific campus. Um, so, you know, we'll have requests come in. Hey, can you send a, vo- a volunteer to our campus to take photos of this event? It's like, man, I'm sorry. We just don't have anybody. Yeah. Um, but what you can do is, do you know anybody who's a photographer at your campus? Because particularly like in our church setup, me working in a central ministry, um, I know the people at my campus, but yep. I don't know the people at every campus. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the volunteers, the leadership of that those campuses, they're going to know, like, hey, yeah, my friend Susie is a family photographer, and she's always taking photos. Yep. Can we reach out to her? Yeah. Well, I, so I ask um, I ask them to uh, to just point them directly to our serve form and mm-hmm. say, hey, do you like? Can you reach out to three photographers this week? Ask them if they'd be interested in shooting with us, and if so, um, send them to our our volunteer form. Yep. And uh, almost every time I ask, I get at least one or two volunteers wow. off of that. So, like, uh, just in October or in September, we had our latest uh, onboarding uh, event, and mm-hmm. we had two new photographers through that, awesome. through that process. Yeah. So, and we'll talk about onboarding as well here in a few minutes. Would you um, say that there's one of these methods that has helped grow the Summit's photography team more than other, or is it? Would you say that it's pretty? pretty balanced. Yeah, I think it's it's all it all works together in tandem. So yeah. I think all three of those methods um kind of have contributed equally to mm-hmm. our team. Mm-hmm. Um we, yeah, I mentioned earlier that we got off to a pretty fast start. We did have a a pool of uh interest forms that we had uh people submit previously, yeah. but before I started leading the team, we didn't have a really good system for onboarding them. Yep. And and the gal who did it for us previously uh, was our video producer. She did an awesome job, but mm-hmm. that just wasn't her area of interest. Yeah. And so that, ga- that gave us a, a good pool to start with. And so if you're thinking about uh, starting recruiting for a brand new team, or maybe you're the only photographer and it's like, well, it's time to step up and, and build a team. Yep. Um, you know, I think if you cast a wide net and if you do all three of those things, mm-hmm. that will give you an excellent pool to start with. 
Um, and that way you can, uh, you know, have, you know, maybe five or 10 people off the bat interested and maybe half of them stick, but that's, you know, two to five volunteers that you didn't have before. By the way, the average team size for photography teams at the churches that we've talked to is 4.3 photographers. So you don't need to have 40 people or be expecting to have 40 people. Exactly. Yeah. So then what do you do once you have this massive pool of people or say you, you now have 20 new contact forms? How do you vet them to actually come onto the team? Do you just let anyone who applies just, hey, congratulations, you're on the team? Or do you have some type of, I know you mentioned the onboarding process. So do you have some type of process to kind of how you vet who comes on and who, who doesn't? Yeah. A lot of the churches I work with differ on this question. Mm-hmm. Um, some, well, yeah, one approach is to say, let's let anybody who has interest come and shoot and we'll make it a learning and, deci- like learning and discipling opportunity. Yeah. Um, if you have the time for that, that's awesome. Uh, we don't have the time for that. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we don't let just anyone on our team. We let beginners on our team for sure. Uh, but we do have a few criteria that you need to meet in order to be on the team. Mm-hmm. And I, I ask for these up front on our interest form. Uh, so you have to answer these questions in order to even submit the form and yeah. I receive it. So first thing we ask is gear. Uh, you have to have your own gear at our church. Some churches will provide a camera. Uh, we do have some cameras in our studio, uh, and you know, our video team uh, manages those, but we're not going to lend those out yep. to just anybody who wants one. So you have to have your own gear. And so I ask on our interest form, what's in your camera bag? Mm-hmm. And I expect a specific answer, too. So if somebody says, like, well, a camera and lenses, <laughs> that's a, it's not a red flag for me, but that's a yellow flag. Yeah. It's like, do you even know what's in your What's What you're shooting with, yeah. Uh, you know, f- fun story. The first time I ever picked up a DSLR, I was a section editor for our yearbook in college back in 2004. Um, and our photo editor said, hey, I need somebody to go cover convocation. He threw a Nikon D2X in my hand with a 300 millimeters <laughs> prime lens, uh, 2.8. And like, I'm you know, carrying this this Canon of a camera. No, it was a Nikon, but you N-O-N of a camera. And he's just like, you know, just set it to like, you know, F this and, you know, set it to, you know, shutter that. And I'm like, okay, I've heard those words before. But what is it doing? Right. And so, like, I had no no idea what gear was in my hand. Uh, I didn't realize I was carrying probably fifteen grand in gear yeah. around, uh, and he probably far overestimated my ability. Yep. How did so, the shoot go? Uh, I think it, uh, if I recall, it shot. went well. Yeah, <laughs> I've got actually one shot in my portfolio that's like this really cool, like kind of eerie photo of like the person carrying the little chalice. <laughs> um, probably one of the first uh, real photographs yeah. I ever took. Yeah, awesome. Um, but that's to say, like, if somebody just says, I have a camera and lenses and they don't really know what they're talking about, they're probably not going to be up to the level that I'm ready to bring them on the team. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'd be happy to point them to some resources. Mm-hmm. Um, that rarely happens, though. So, yeah. like, once or twice out of the, you know, probably 50 folks that we've had come through our admits in the past six months, um, they, they've given that generic answer. Yeah. I've... Ask them, can you clarify? Like, you know, I want to know what specific body you have. I want to know which specific lenses you're shooting Mm -hmm. from. Because even if it's like an entry level crop sensor body, like a Rebel or an Icon's like D3200, I just want to make sure they know what they're shooting. Exactly. Um, Nothing against the body that they're using. You just want to make sure that they know how to utilize it. Right. Yeah. And that way I can help them too. Um, And then point and shoot is out. It has to be (laughs) at least like a DSLR with interchangeable lenses. Um, so that happens rarely, but it does occasionally mm-hmm. happen. So first thing I ask is, you know, you have to have your own gear yep. and you need to know what you're shooting with. Um, second is I'll, I ask for a portfolio. 
So I won't even consider someone for the team if they don't have some sort of images to show me. And mm-hmm. just like the camera body, like it doesn't have to be like, you know, the, the latest top of the line, you know, I don't, you don't need to be shooting like Nikon's new like Z7 or whatever. Yeah. Um, you just need to have a portfolio. Yep. And so, uh, you know, Instagram portfolio is fine. Uh, I just want to see what's their style, what's their subject matter, and how good they are. So yeah. that way I can have an idea going in. Like, you know, what sort of assignments will be best for this person? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Yep. Yep. And that allows you to then, like you said, come alongside them and help them grow, use it as a discipleship um, aspect. But yeah, no, that is awesome. All right. So you found some volunteers. Uh, The next question is, what in the world do you do with them? Yep. Uh, Because you can't just throw them in the mix and have them start shooting without laying down some ground rules and expectations because, you know, it's going to be utter chaos. Yeah. You might have someone walk up on stage in the middle of preaching and be like, I need a really close up shot of the pastor. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with this. This is perfectly fine. Exactly. I'm shooting with my my, uh, 35 millimeter and I need that close up. Exactly. Oh, I'm the photographer at the church now. I can just walk and shoot wherever. Yeah. My buddy Dave Adamson says, zoom with your feet. And so he's just zooming in really close. (laughs) Literally. We don't want that to happen. And so... Uh, we need to lay down some ground rules. We need to lay down some expectations. There's two types of training that you need to have for your team in order to be successful and grow your team. Um, you need to go over all of the soft skills. That's the processes, procedures, how they'll receive assignments, how they'll process and submit images. Uh, but you also need to know that, uh, make sure that your photographers have the technical skills that they need to do their jobs. And so we do this with two specific events um, at our church. We hold this every other month. Uh, and we've had people ask me, why do you do it every other month? Uh, because monthly seemed too much and quarterly seemed too much. <laughs> so two every two months seemed like a good number to yep. me. No science behind it. But we do it every two months. Um, and each one of these events, uh, back-to-back, uh, addresses one of those two areas of growth. So the first thing that we do at 6 p.m. on a Monday night mm-hmm. is new photographer onboarding. Um First Monday evening of the month, we have uh, uh, this new photographer onboarding session where I go through all the basic expectations about what it's like to be on a team, that style, shooting etiquette, don't stand on the stage exactly. in front of the pastor while he's preaching. Yep. Um, we actually have a guideline that you can shoot for the first five minutes of the sermon because that's normally like the intro mm-hmm. and then sit yourself down. Yep, exactly. Uh, if you didn't get the, the shot, do better next time. <laughs> yeah. You have next service yeah. or next Sunday. Yeah, and then we'll talk about how they receive assignments. I'll give them some examples of this is where your images will be used so mm-hmm. they can see like with their eyeballs, like this is like where it's going to show up on the website. It's going to be in landscape format. This yep. is where it's going to show up on the, the website. There's going to be some text on the left, so make sure your subject's on the right. Yep. You know, on social, hey, we use a lot of square crops, so be thinking about square crop as you're shooting yep. too. And print, we're going to do a lot of like letter size and have by 11 portrait orientation. Mm. So be thinking about that as well. Um, so we go through all that. Um, I give them all the resources that they need to be successful. I have a name tag ready for them uh, when they arrive. Um, every photographer has to wear a name tag when they yep. shoot. Otherwise, it's like, who's this creepy person with a camera exactly. in my face while yep. I'm trying to worship? Yep, exactly. Um, and every uh, every potential photographer needs to go through this onboarding training before yep. I let them shoot. That's smart. Um, so that way I know that at least I've done my due diligence and I can answer questions in case they're at a campus doing anything they're not supposed to. And I can be yep. like, I told them, but now I need to have a talk. And at least them. they don't have that that kind of leg where they can be like, oh, well, I didn't know. Right. No one told me I wasn't allowed to stand right in front of the pastor as he's trying to preach. Right. And fortunately, this is like none of these things have, have ever happened. It's all just <laughs> to make sure that in in the one case where it will happen, because yep. I'm sure it will happen yep. at some point. 
um, that it's like, hey, You're we, we talked about this. Right? <laughs> yep. We talked about this. This is the expectation. Like, do it again, and you're not going to be sure. <laughs> yep. Um, and so in 30 minutes, they walk away ready to shoot their first assignment. Yeah. Um, and so it's a, you know, that's a, a, a training session that I put together once. I put all together all the materials for it. I update it a little bit here and there. But mm-hmm. by and large, it's the same wash, rinse, and repeat yep. every time. It's a really, really easy uh low hanging fruit yeah. to uh, to go a long way to bringing people onto the team. And you would say that's pretty scalable. So if you have one person show up or you have 15 new volunteers, you could pretty much run through the same yeah. process. Yeah. The first time we did it, we had 25 oh, volunteers wow. in the room um, because it was like right before Easter and yep. it was like our first oorah. Um, yep. And so we had uh, far too many people in the room that I'd booked. It <laughs> was a good problem to have. Yep. Um, the last time I did it, we had three. Okay. You know, so it's like, you know, doesn't really matter how many people are in there. Yeah. Uh, the second thing that we do is, uh, in order to help with the technical chops, is immediately after that new onboarding training, your same schedule every your first Monday, uh, every other month, uh, we have a meetup and workshop that's open for the entire team. Um, I promote both of these events, by the way, on our website. So we talked about on-ramps earlier mm-hmm. um, and passive recruiting. Um, if people are looking for events on our website, they will see this on the calendar as well. And in the calendar description, I say, hey, you need to have, be on our photo team to do this, but do you want to be on our photo team? Click here and fill out the interest form. Yep. And so I suspect I've gotten a few people off of that too. Yeah. Um, so we have a meetup and workshop immediately after the new photographer onboarding training. Um, it's a 90-minute event. Um, it has two goals. One, to promote community on the team, to bring everybody together, to mm-hmm. say, hey, we're all in this together. We are all doing the same mission uh, you know, hang out with like-minded people yep. and that is a draw in itself. Um, but then also it, it, it will introduce the new photographers to the group. And yep. so they feel welcome right off the bat as well. But then second, it helps them grow in areas of technical proficiency. Yeah. So how do you decide what topics are going to be covered in these actual technical workshops? Yeah. So first I ask, right? So uh, for Easy instance, enough. during our, our last meetup, our team decided that they wanted some deliberate critique of their images. Mm-hmm. Um, and so next month's workshop is going to be how to, it's going to be an image review session. Uh, we're going to, you know, pull, you know, anybody who wants to uh, can submit images. I'll lay out some, some ground rules of like constructive criticism, but be kind. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's what they've asked for. Yeah. Uh, second, though, I'm, I'm also looking at the images that our team is submitting, and I'm looking for areas of growth. Yeah. So one thing that everyone struggles with, our team and every other team around, is how to shoot in a church environment. Right? You've got, yeah. Not only is it low light, it's terrible color temperatures. <laughs> You've got like all these wonky colors bouncing off the stage walls. Everyone loves uh, green and purples. And- yeah, and you're looking at the stage one second, which is brightly lit, and then you turn around trying to get that uh, person worshiping, and it's like you know as dark as you could possibly <laughs> yeah. be. And how in the world do you deal with poor light? Yeah. So I hosted a workshop on shooting in crummy light, uh, and it got our photographers thinking about things like setting exposure, checking their white balance with a gray card. How to correct poor lighting in, in post. Yep. So like I, you know, I sat down with them and I, I gave them a talk first because it's like, hey, here's all the stuff you need to know. Mm-hmm. But then we we did it in our auditorium. I went back to the lighting console and I said, hey, you know, uh, Jim, you go stand up on the stage, and I'm going to give you guys all sorts of crazy lighting <laughs> situations. Yep. And you need to figure out on the fly how to adjust your camera and how to shoot with them. And so I gave them the hands-on practice too. And then we took them out to uh, to a conference room sat down, I opened up Lightroom. I'm like, hey, here's some photos that I've worked with that 
Like if you look at the raw images, it's either it's like completely black yeah. or it's completely blown out or it's completely blue. Yep. And it's like, here's how you deal with color problems. Here's how you deal with exposure problems. Obviously, you don't want to rely on fix it in post. You want yep. to get it, nail it in camera. <laughs> but sometimes, like, you nail it in camera, it, the best you can do is everything's blue because all you have is blue light. <laughs> is, exactly. Right? So walked through how to, how to use Lightroom to correct mm-hmm. with some of those things. And then in the weeks following that, I started getting questions like, hey, I noticed that my picture is a little purple. How can I fix that? Yep. Because now they have the language and the tool and the resource to say, oh, that's, that's one, that's a problem. Yeah. A lot of people don't recognize it as a problem. Yep. And then two, uh, that is a problem that's fixable. I don't have to deal with it. I know there's a solution. I might not remember exactly what it is, but yep. I know to ask the question. And so in just the past couple of weeks, I've helped two of our photographers overcome white balance issues. Wow. Um by you know, like one of them invest in this like cool little like you know you know how like those the reflectors will fold yeah. up and do like a, it's a big circle and it kind yep. of folds down in a little circle gray card same thing like 12 inch circle oh that's gray cool card. so you can just put it fold it up put it in the back pocket yeah it goes in your pocket and uh-huh. it's like oh, whoa cool you just went out and found something that i didn't even know existed yeah now i want one <laughs> um so he's using a gray card to to meter and balance his camera before he shoots uh, another one like hey you know send some images you know, let, let me know what you think hey it's a little purple you know shift that tint toward green and warm it up some and yep. uh, you'll get some more natural skin tones yeah yeah so about how much time have you invested in the onboarding and training process so far yeah, so fortunately, the onboarding material is already written, and each session is the same. Mm-hmm. So because I've built a system ahead of time and I've thought it through ahead of time, there's not a whole lot of time that I need to prepare day-to-day. So uh, the, the initial run definitely took some time. I probably spent a couple weeks, um, not you know eight hours a day, obviously, yep. but a couple weeks thinking through it and thinking through all the implications of um, you know what are things that we need to consider uh, in a first introduction to our team. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that it's created, it's just maintaining. So it's uh, you know literally that thirty minutes um, every two months to onboard new folks, um, plus any active recruiting time that I put in. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Um, so now for the photography team lead that is listening to this podcast, that is like, this is awesome. I want to grow my team. I want to onboard them, but they might not have the skill set or the time to invest. In producing these training materials, is there any recommendation that you can give them? Yeah, first, let's, like maybe let's talk to um, producing those training materials and those workshops. You know, that does take some time. It does. Um, so for me, you ask how much time do I invest in onboarding and training? Um, you know, I'll probably put a good half day to a day of work in, uh, depending on how complicated the content is. And so for, for the shooting in poor light workshop, you know, that was a pretty detailed thing. Yeah. I put a lot of prep time into it. Um, but for like next month, the image review isn't going to take much time. Mm-hmm. So it, it can take some time. Um, mm-hmm. But then uh, w- when it comes to what happens if that team leader uh, doesn't have that time, is that a setup for a super secret project that we're working it on? It might be. That might have been actually planned. Okay. Well, uh, are, we, are we ready to tell them about the super secret project? Um, we can tell them some. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll tell them a little bit. Yeah. A little, little snippet. We'll, we'll say this much. Uh, we do have some incredible resources coming down the pipeline that are going to revolutionize how you train and equip your team. Uh, just imagine us in your church uh, training your team on demand so you don't have to. Um, so that's coming. Stay tuned because we're going to tell you a lot more about that soon. But Connor, that's all the time we have with our show today. How can they help out? Absolutely. So if you enjoyed this episode, stop what you're doing, open the podcast app, 
find the Church Photographers Podcast and smash that subscribe button. That would help us tremendously. Yeah, and once you've done that, please, please, please leave a rating or a review. We are a brand new podcast. And one, we need the encouragement uh, because this is hard work. And two, uh, it'll help us shoot up in the rankings. And we're gunning for that number one slot. Absolutely. Move over to Stephen Furtick. Move over to Andy Stanley. There's a new podcast in town. All right. And hey, before we go, I wanted to give a shout out to our friends over at the Simple Church Co. All right, Connor, before we go, I want to tell our listeners about our production sponsor, our friends over at Simple Church Co. And I can say uh, genuinely here that they are our friends because, Connor, you are my friend and you are the mastermind behind Simple Church Co. So how about you give them the pitch? Thanks, Rob. Simple Church Co. is on a mission to make church marketing, well, simple. We offer a unique pay-as-you-are-able model, allowing us to work with any church, any size, and most importantly, any budget. You aren't paying for our services. Instead, your, your contribution is helping your brothers and sisters spread the gospel. And that's awesome. I, I so appreciate the work that you're doing to serve the church. Uh, and so if our listeners are interested in working with Simple Church Co., how can they find out more? To learn more about Simple Church Co., please visit simplechurch.co. Once again, that's simplechurch.co. That's simple.